but they tried to go to Moody for that three and Moody made it, but then they went and reviewed it and it was not, they called it off because he didn't get the ball up in the air when the foul, you know, when the foul occurred. So I think that momentum like kind of changed because had that counted and then he would have went to the free throw line, you know, for one or whatever, like that would have been a game changer, I think. So that call right there was a huge momentum change. And like Malik, all every time he comes off the bench, he's just, he just does something that, uh, something positive for the team. And for him to hit that three, um, to make it a one point game after the steal and then hit the game winner, man, it was, this game was something else and it might have been like. Yeah, th this was a psychological breakthrough, I think for the whole team. Uh, hopefully we could play to our averages into our potential every time we face the dubs in the future. That's what we've been waiting to see. And there is pandemonium at Arco. It was like that motherfucking being. What a win. Guys, you know, you know how we are. We'll open up the mics as soon as we're done with our little spiel. Uh, I appreciate everyone for coming through. Again, it is not too late to scrub your timelines right now. Some of you panicked like little hoes, and you know who you are. So scrub your timelines, all right, so you don't look foolish. I'm just saying. Scrub your timeline so you don't look like a little faithless little hoe. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. Anywho, let's begin. Welcome to the Beam Unit. It's Daily. Joined by my co-pilots, Elizabeth and Naima. What's happening? What's going on? What's up? Beautiful come from behind victory over the dubs, our supposed big brother. Uh, we weren't little brother tonight. Granted, uh, we came from behind at the very end, and I will take that. All right. First quarter, Kings start off out of sorts. Kessler Edwards draws a charge on Wiggins. Malik Monk scores seven straight points. Warriors end the quarter with a 12-point lead. Second quarter, Warriors go on a run at the six-minute mark. Kings are hitting 27% from three. Dubs are hitting 45% from three. Warriors go up 24 points at one point. Everybody is panicking at this point. My co-pilots, Elizabeth and Naima, what were you feeling at this moment in the first half? Uh, honestly, watching that first half, it was a bit, no, it wasn't a bit. It was a lot disappointing because it wasn't more so of like we were playing well, we were just missing shots. It's, it was more so like, the effort just wasn't there. Like we were expected to just, you know, even though it was against the Warriors to like win this one, but um, definitely um, I don't know what Mike Brown said in the second half, but I like what I saw in the second half. Uh, first, I mean, we, we came back sort of when Malik came in and it was like a two point game. And then we started half-assing shots and uh, the effort just wasn't there. Um, and like at one point, I think, Domas had one rebound and Steph Curry had like seven. So just right there, you just know it's the effort. But I like what I saw from the bench and everything. I like what I saw from Duarte, honestly, guarding Steph. It was a, it was, he had solid defense on him. You know, Steph is going to get him his all the time, but yeah, it was just, it was a, a bit of a tragic first half. I mean, all I'll say about that first half was the Warriors look like a team that had three days off rest. And the Kings look like they were playing a fucking back-to-back -back game. They look slow. They look sluggish. The defense was lazy. We weren't making our shots. It was an awful, awful, awful first half. So 
they could throw that shit down the drain because thankfully we fucking won in the second half. 100%. I do want to shout out, and I know this is a King's show, a King's podcast, but shout out to Andrew Wiggins for coming through for the Warriors going mid-range and just lighting the Kings up in the first half. That's what happened. I'm going to admit, I'm going to out myself and say I was mad at a few people, usually the same people that I'm always mad at for their defense. That's all I'm going to say. Anywho, third quarter, Herder and Monk hit threes. Kings get to the foul line and claw back within 13 points. Clean, shaven. Sasha Vazenkov enters the game with three minutes to go. Wiggins and Clay have a combined 42 points at this point. Beautiful driving kick from Sasha to Herder, who passes to Monk for a corner three. Beautiful ball movement. Movement. Fourth quarter, Sasha's doing so many little things down low defensively, boxing out rebounds. He actually gets a block on Steph. Kings make a run and cut the lead to three. Sasha hits a three. Curry answers back with a three of his own. Dubs up by five with three minutes to go. Kings clamp down. They force two turnovers. Monk hits a game-winning shot with maybe, what, seven seconds to go? Was that it? Kings win. My goodness, what a victory. So, yeah, that second half, I mean, I swear for like a good minute because, you know, the TNT broadcast kept showing like, you know, if the Warriors win by 12 or more, they're in. If they lose or if they win by 11 or less, then we're in. And I swear the Kings were like so allergic to like getting it under 13 points for like a bajillion fucking years. Like I was like, what are we doing? Like just play basketball. We literally like that third quarter, I felt like took an entire game with how many free throws were shot between both teams. I mean, it was crazy. But I think finally they made the adjustments in the in the halftime. They came out. They were very aggressive. They got to the basket. They stopped settling for the three-point shot. And then I think the turning point of, that, of the game was when Sasha, he had the block on Andrew Wiggins, but they tried to go to Moody for that three. And Moody made it, but then they went and reviewed it. And it was not, they called it off because he didn't get the ball up in the air when the foul, you know, when the foul occurred. So I think that momentum like kind of changed because had that counted and then he would have went to the free throw line, you know, for one or whatever, like that would have been a game changer, I think. So that call right there was a huge momentum change. We kept getting turnovers, you know, we kept forcing them turnovers. We kept getting them to foul us, which was freaking great. And then when Sasha came in the game, Sasha was a game changer. He had some crucial shots. Um, He played, I thought, some really good defense. And then I think the biggest MVP of tonight is Steve Kerr. Because why the fuck would you take Moses Moody out when he literally has 11 points in the fourth quarter and you put him on the bench? I'm like, thank you. Like, thank you, Steve Kerr, for fucking putting your best performer right now in the fourth quarter on the bench and bringing back in Andrew Wiggins, who, yes, was cooking us all game. But the second half. I thought we did great on him defensively. So thank you, Steve Curry. A shout out to him. He was the MVP of tonight. Yeah. Like you said, Liz, like, I think the game completely changed when we brought Sasha in. Sasha's, I feel like Sasha's defense is so underrated because he played such solid um, man-to-man defense on, like, their front court. And and he even got a couple blocks. Like, even in the fourth quarter, he what did he block? Like, Curry, he blocked. Andrew Wiggins, he got, like, huge stops for us. And he hit, you know, back-to-back threes. Him and Moody were exchanging threes, but he was definitely a game-changer. And, like, Malik, all, every time he comes off the bench, he's just, he just does something that uh, something positive for the team. And for him to hit that three um, to make it a one-point game after the steal and then hit the game winner, man, it was 
this game was something else and it might have been like i don't know uh the the changing point you know changing the guard something like that because games like this were usually the ones that are like you know lose it at the buzzer but we won it for once um but no it was Honestly, my emotions were like a roller coaster because I'm like pissed in the first half. I'm screaming by the end of the second. It's fourth. I'm like holding my breath because I'm like it's a one. It was a one point game. It was back and forth all the way. And like as Daly said, like the trauma was speaking when I said Steph Curry's probably gonna hit a half court buzzer beater on us at this point. But no, we won the game. It was a um, honestly from a neutral standpoint. If you ain't a fan of both teams, it was a great game. Uh, to watch a 24-point comeback against the Warriors is something, you know, um, is something. And for them not to give up on themselves and, like, you know, actually play with grit, with effort, you know, uh, be solid, like, listen to, like, what the game plan is and everything. It was just, it was awesome to watch, and uh, I'm so glad we won Light the Beam. And I know people are waiting to speak, but let me just say this. Just to keep it a bean, all right? The Warriors did drop off. They yeah, had players falling off throughout the game. I understand CP3 got injured. Um, I understand that GP2, which also could have been a, a key turning point, uh, unfortunately uh, injured his knee at some point in the second half. So, And he was killing us. Uh, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. he's like a free safety that reads boxes every move. He's disrupting passes, stealing, getting steals, knocking the ball out of Domas' hands. He was killing us every minute he was in there. Mm-hmm. So I think that was also a turning point in the game, unfortunately for him. Uh, hopefully uh, it isn't too serious, and I hope he gets better. I was just going to say, honestly, if they had hit a game winner against us, I probably would have quit basketball for like – I would have like my laptop. I would have been like, I'm done. My mental health <laughs> like, I cannot. I'm deleting. I'm falling off the face of the fucking earth because I can't with it no more. Like my heart, no. I was like literally – jumping up and down in my living room my neighbors probably called the cops on me so i might be arrested sometimes no, I'm kidding. no i i, I, I would have we'll bail you out i would have shut the spaces yeah. down we we wouldn't have it no i'm serious. i was already thinking about it i was going to delete the link it wasn't going to happen tonight i'm not in the freaking mood seriously yeah I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have been in the mood but yeah yeah at all 100 <laughs> percent. anywho it's been a minute element uh congrats on all the changes in your life welcome back man what's going on I appreciate it, appreciate it. It's, it's been a while, like, I've gone through, you know, a lot of, man, if, like, the last well, six, nine months been challenging, but I got through it. I was just watching the game, and, like, you know, a few things I want to point out. Like, I felt Mike Brown, just with his rotations, he got to tighten it up. Like, I like, for instance, just playing, like, just, more, just throwing Davion out there, then Keon, it was – it was just like a lot. I feel like you should have just tightened it up. Like when Steve Kerr was tying up his rotation, they had a good rhythm. It's just like you're not playing too many people. And like playing, and I felt he should have went with Keon Ellis more over Davion, especially with how Keon played while he was healthy instead of just going with Davion. I love Davion, but it's just like, it's just more so it's just I feel like he, Keon is a better option at this point. And as far as just the challenge goes, I don't know why. He used that challenge. I legit thought we were about to lose this game because I was in the back of my mind. I was like, "Yeah, there's gonna be, there's gonna be about ten plays," and I was wrong. There's twenty plays where we could have used that challenge, but it is what it is. And as far as the Kings go, like they're 
like they were getting open shots, but it just looked like they didn't come to play. Like they just looked so lazy, lethargic. They just did not. It just looked like they didn't want to be there. Sabonis, he just. I don't know what it is against the Warriors. He just doesn't look as aggressive as he should be. Like against everyone else, he outplays AD. Out, he outplays Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. Out playing like damn near top ten centers, but he gets like lines up with Kevin Looney and Draymond Green and the Warriors, and he's just not saying he didn't do anything, but he just doesn't look like look like his regular self. And then the free throws, which were just making me almost just pull this like pull his hair on, hair on my head because I was missing hell of free throws. I was just like, there's no way. There's no way. I legit, but shout out Malik Monk and shout out, shout out the Warriors too. Like, I'm not even going to talk trash. Like, the Warriors always bring the best out of us. Like, winning this game is important. Like, this game, winning this game is, this was the most important win of the season. Like, easily. Like, if we lost to them going 3-0 to the Warriors, even if we would have moved on, it would it just wouldn't have been the same. But winning this game, no matter how we did it, is is key and important. It just builds – it gets over that mental lapse that we have because if we would have lost this game, we would have seen, like, oh, like the Warriors got the Kings now I'm really starting the third, and it would have been hard for us to really just, you know, move on with that hanging over our heads the whole season. It's just like, yeah, you know, we won six straight. But it's like, I don't know, man, to get into the Warriors, but this, this is key. This one was huge. and. Yes, man. Like shout out Malik Monk, Malik Monk, and shout out Sasha Vizinkov. They bet like they bailed us out big time. Like Fox did his thing, even though he struggled. But Malik Monk and Sasha, they bailed us out. Like they really, really bailed us out. Like I really, legit did not think we were going to win this game. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I had like I was I was I was I was rage tweeting throughout the whole game. But I'm gonna stand on business. Like them tweets gonna stay up. You know I gotta. I got to stand on business, so I'll take the L on that. <laughs> right, Way to own up. I appreciate that. Yeah, I got to stand on business. But as far as just everything else, like, I'm so happy. You know, it's, it was a long day. been a long few days. I'm so happy for the win. You know, you know the holidays coming out. Shout out everybody. Shout out uh, Data Sabonis, Elizabeth. You know, shout out everyone that, you know, hosts uh, the Kings Live. I know I haven't been here in a minute. I'm going to try to tap in but i'm be i'm gonna be busy like the next two weeks and within like the next part of next six months afterwards like but during christmas i'll be available but shout out everyone if you want to tap in with me because i'm going back to sacramento during the during christmas and new year so i'll be there if you guys want to you know like host a podcast or whatever but shout out everyone that makes this possible go kings like the bean and that's all i gotta say uh i'm not Word up, element. Well said, and, and thank you for your service, man. You know what I mean. Um, I appreciate. It. Seriously, the fact that this team found a way to win by only shooting thirty three percent from three is amazing. Um, you mentioned uh, Sabonis just having struggles against Looney, and it's like, to Looney's credit, Looney is a freaking wall. Plus, he has that championship will, and he actually knows how to get himself held himself up for big games. Uh, but yeah, th- this was a psychological breakthrough, I think, for the whole team. Uh, hopefully, we could play to our averages and to our potential every time we face the dubs in the future. My goodness, it does feel that way. But granted, of course, we need to do things in the playoff to really be sure. 
I do really quick want to give a shout out to Trey Lyles because he had such a great game tonight. I mean, the rebounding, he was getting to the free throw line. I think he had like eight free throws. He missed a couple, but um, yeah, he just, he's such a game changer coming off the bench. He just gives you the outside shooting. I mean, he can get to the basket. He can rebound. Um, I think his defense is very underrated too. So I just think having him back is, has been so huge for this team. Yeah, I think um, having Trey play the five with the small ball lineup, again, it changed everything. Like him playing the five and then Sasha Pink playing the four, like that was a game changer for us. And I think um, that's like our secret weapon for Trey Lyles to play the five and it for, and for it to be successful as well. So, yeah, he, he's one of the few, like he got a lot of free throws too. I think he like got eight eight, nine, or ten, something like that, and he hit most of them, so he was also important in that aspect, since we only won by one. I, man, those missed free throws almost cost me my life, but it's okay. We won. <laughs> yeah, and, and I want to shout out Mike Brown for going 12 players deep, trying to find mm-hmm. that magic combination that could get us over the hump in this game, and I love that. When things aren't working, you need to change your shit up. Period. And that's what he did mm-hmm. uh, to go 12 deep uh, in a game like this is, is to me remarkable, especially when you get the result that we, we got. What's up, Paul Isburner? Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, how's everybody feeling? I hope that you guys are feeling the same way that I am because that was that was something, man. That was um, – I've, I've watched uh, so many Kings games in my life, and most of them have ended in pain. And, you know, but that doesn't take the the thrill away from watching a Kings team compete and the, the ferocity of support that they get from the fans here in Sacramento. And, um, you know, th- this game felt like game eight of last year's playoffs. Like this, this just felt like the continuation of a series that never ended and probably never will end. They started something, you know, at the end of playoffs last season that I feel like won't ever end. And, and, and Golden 1 takes it personal. You know, if they take it personally, this is this isn't this is an issue to them. Um, and I absolutely love that. Um, there's just a couple things I wanted to hit on. One, uh Kevin Herter had like a very under the radar spectacular game. We do not win this game without Kevin Herter. Um, he hit and a lot of it was in the first quarter. Um, pardon me, not the first quarter, the first half. A lot of it, you, you know, it was overshadowed by how terribly the rest of the team was playing. Um, but he had some clutch three-pointers that kept us, you know, within 18, 20 points and didn't let this game become a 30, 40-point blowout. Um, he was distributing the ball. He was rebounding the ball. Um, he was just all over the place tonight. So flowers for Kevin Herter. I think his his efforts went a little bit unnoticed because of the pandemonium of the game. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to appreciate him. Two, I think that – this game was six on six. It was five players on each team and each coach. And first play, uh, first half definitely went to Steve Kerr. And it wasn't because he did anything special. I just think that Mike Brown was in his head. I don't know what was going on with our coaching staff for the first half. Um, the, the, uh, the challenge call with six minutes, I was like pulling a hair out. I was like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, I get to three point foul like what are we doing you know this game is coming down to the wire why are we using our challenge right now um so that was kind of crazy and then the whole rotation thing i had no idea where keon ellis was i had no idea why javel mckee felt what played what felt like 20 minutes in the first quarter i was like what on earth is happening like but he figured it out and steve kerr fudged the bucket in the second half 
Mike Brown got it together. I think he coached a really great second half, um, figured out his rotation a bit, uh, and I appreciate him for that. And then three, I just want to say that game winner, I've been, I've been thinking the whole time that everyone else has been talking, I've been thinking about all the game winners I've seen as, you know, Kings game winners. And I think that's top three. It's got to be top three. It's up there with Tyreek Evans versus Memphis. You know, the, the half-court shot, that was that was ridiculous. And I was just a kid. Um, and then I got to go uh, Bogdanovich game winner versus L.A. That was a ridiculous, ridiculous game winner. And then this, just the stupidity of that shot, that was the most classic Malik Monk shot I think I've ever seen. Just Malik Monk is the epitome of no, 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 yes! That's that's Malik Monk. You just have you you hate everything that he does until he shows you why you shouldn't hate it. Um, and so yeah, no, that was just that was just incredible. I was by myself. I couldn't believe I was by myself in my house, just downing beers. This, this was going to be uh, a win or lose. I need beer type of type of game. So I'm on top of the moon right now. I'm just taking you know five minute increments, walking outside and looking at the beam. Um, it's it's a great night to be a Kings fan. I can't believe that that they pulled that off, and I can't wait for for what's next. I love it. I love it. I love that you're taking breaks to calm yourself and appreciating the moment, looking at the beam. That's a beautiful thing. You know, I like that uh, you said shout out to uh, Kevin Herter. I do want to shout out HB. I feel like in the first half, HB was the only person that was locked in besides Fox in making his shots. So I will say that whether you guys want to disagree or not, because a lot of your HB haters, it is what it is. He held, he held it down and he kept us in the game in the first half. And by in the game, he kept it within 20 and not 30, like Pollard's burner said. Again, Malik Monk tends to play better and tends to shoot better when the shots are that much more difficult. And I love the fact that not only do we have Fox, but we also have Monk as a closer on this team. I say it time and time again, who else is going to step up in the playoffs? I want to know. It's Monk. Malik? It's Fox. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was just going to say, Malik deserves like actual legit votes for sixth player of the year. Because who's making an impact like him coming off the bench? Like He just won us this game, literally. And how many times does he show up in games where we're like, struggling, and then he's just that spark off the bench that literally changes the tide of a game for us like and i think he like ranks like top 10 in like three major major statistical categories like points i think he's seventh assists he's like second and like rebounds he's like like seventh or something like that but yeah i want um i hope he actually gets proper votes because i think he he is a huge difference maker for us and like you said he's literally a closer and he's not even a starter for us so yeah if there was a box score stat for vibes and energy that he brings he'd win it oh. by a mile as far as it wouldn't even be close it's not even yeah and it's a shame because they don't put that into account they're going to look at everything exactly. else and he's you, you already know nba and nba media they have their narratives and who they want to push struggle what's happening yeah man what a game it was fun to watch uh, two really solid teams really good teams um just as a basketball fan watching this game uh the reason why the the Warriors lost, at least from my perspective and what I was looking at, and actually before that, I want to say shout out to uh, Sasha, other than my boy Malik Monk. Um, the reason why I want to say shout out to Sasha because he actually improved. I didn't like the shots at times, 
um, but he improved the pace, and that was the issue uh, for you guys. That's why Mike Brown always puts the players to play at a higher pace because Golden State's weakness is pace, period. And so when you guys play faster, being the fastest team in high octane offense, the great offensive team that you guys are, also when you guys are at your best, I didn't see that at the beginning of the game. Um, I'm sure you guys didn't see that. It was a lethargic start playing a little more half court, which is not really uh, against style. It's more high octane getting shots up. So Sasha actually ignited the pace. Even with his misses, it forced the Warriors to play into that style of play, and then boom, things started to take off from there. Then the 20 turnovers uh, from Golden State obviously <laughs> facilitated that and didn't help. And then, like uh, Liz said, man, shout out to, to Coach Carter because he's the real MVP of, this, of, the, of the L. That was a colossal mistake by taking out Moses Mookie, who uh, I have so much respect for in terms of just his veteran mindset, in terms of being able to knock down shots, staying cool, calm, and collective when uh, you guys were blitzing Curry. Um, it was just an overall good game um, to watch in terms of just uh, how teams uh, respond to adversity, how players respond to adversity, um, and just two different coaching styles. I know people were questioning the coverage that Mike Brown, uh, you know, was was having earlier on, on staff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, for those who know the, the tendencies of, of Golden State, it's, it's you know, they're, they're going to give a big lead. and They've had trouble uh, putting teams in the line and, and having turnovers. So I, I didn't have any doubt that you guys would come, wouldn't come back. Uh, so, you know, like I said earlier, it's to, to Daly. Fox is a little uncharacteristic with the missed free throws, but you can never count him out in terms of just uh, the fact of his moxie when uh, the moment gets big and then Malik Monk has always been doing that, uh, you know, pretty much since high school and, and there. So it's nothing, it's nothing new uh, that I've seen from Malik. So I'm just happy that he found a home with you guys. Even if it wasn't with my team, I'm happy that he's shining for the Sacramento Kings. Um, so yeah, I was, I was really impressed with the win, man. Cause you guys could have hung it up at home, uh, and you didn't, uh, down 24 and then coming back, it just shows good, uh, th- what this team is made of. And it's just another thing to, uh, add to the character, uh, of the team overall. So this is a gut, gut, you know, win props to you guys. And it was a good game to watch. And I look forward to the playing tournament against the Pelicans and seeing how you guys redeem yourselves, uh, against him. I love it. You know, what's it. funny too. Go ahead, Liz. Oh, sorry, Daly. But um, just speaking on Fox's missed free throws, because he had he missed eight tonight, and that's, I mean, he misses a couple usually because he's not the greatest, you know, free throw shooter. But I guarantee you, his wife Rusey was sitting on the, you know, sidelines there, and she was just like cringing, like you know, she's busting his ass. She's like, get your ass in the gym. I don't care. Shoot like a hundred fucking free throws. Like do what you gotta do. Um, so that's why I love about Rusey because she keeps it one hundred, especially. Like, not only with Fox, but she'll keep it 100 with a lot of the players on the team. And she's kind of like the, like, spokesperson, I feel like, of the team. But, yeah, that he kept missing him to the right. It was, like, so weird. Um, or, I mean, the left. Like, he just kept, like, hitting the left side of the rim. And I'm just like, what is he doing? Like, they just looked so bad when they were coming off his hands. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that we missed 15 free throws tonight and still won, like, that's fucking crazy. Like, that's unheard of. And shot, like, shit from three. Like, that's crazy. How, how long has he been back from injury? Because I think that, you know, could certainly play a factor in terms of just him getting his rhythm back and everything. Has it been a week or two? Yeah, it's been like a week and a half. Okay. He's been back, I think, like five games now. So, Well, back to Fox, though. Credit to him for keeping on attack mode. You know what I mean? I, I just think even though he was missing his free throws, he still got to the line. And I still that counts for something. Even if it's only one out of two, 
uh, it's still better than nothing. So the fact that our leader, our best player, continued to attack regardless, uh, I think says a lot. And then uh, struggle, I want to know, what do you think of Mike Brown trapping Curry uh, in the second half? I think it started midway through the third, or, or was it only in the fourth quarter? Yeah, no, midway through the third and then mostly in the fourth exclusively. I thought the location of the trap was key in terms of pushing him out further so that the trap, the the pass travels, uh, allowing, uh, you know, players to, like, Sasha actually did a really good job tracing, uh, and on top of that, helping him recover. Like, he's really, and I know you talked about this in your, uh, your other spaces, he's, because you know, you know how the European dudes, they get a bad rep and saying that they can't defend. So that's all bullshit, first and foremost, with him. He, he does a really good job. Uh, showing effort and and you know contesting shots, blocking shots, things of that nature, altering shots. Um, and I thought the location of that trap for Mike Brown and the Kings and your Kings uh, really played dividends into them. You know, igniting breaks and getting turnovers of that nature because he had to you know really put effort into trying to break that trap. And it was you know it was a really good job by uh, the Kings. Yeah, and that they had to adjust because I think if they did it sooner in the first half, they would have adjusted at halftime, right? And, and figured out a scheme to beat that. So. Yeah, shout out to Mike Brown for doing it. The only scheme was exactly the only scheme that was breaking that trap that he took out and Moses Moody because everybody else was tired and fatigued, man. Because having to guard Fox and having to guard Herder off of, uh, uh, you know, off of um, all ball actions, man, is very difficult for for uh, them. So you guys are running him out the gym, and you guys, I I feel like, and I'll just let my plan here, Daily, is that if you guys play with pace. I think you guys get over that proverbial bump that some King, uh, Kings fans think that you guys have against Golden State. It's really, it's really your uh, your bread and butter against them. Yeah, and then just the psychological battle. We just got to make our shots. If we make our shots, the floor floor spreads to give Fox more room to operate. But you know they sag off our shooters if, if we're not shooting well. We were shooting under thirty percent in the first half, and so every time Fox drove, it, it's like they just packed the paint, which makes it harder for him. All right, Casey, uh, you still on here? What a game. Um, it, it, it was hard probably for a lot of us to kind of withstand the lead the Warriors had, of course, going into half, uh, especially at the point where my um, my stepfather, uh, is, who is a Warriors fan, was giving me a call at a joke. I was like, oh, I'll make a bet with you, like blah, blah, blah. If they win, you owe me this much. If they win, you owe me this much. He's like, oh, look, they're ahead by like 15. I'm like, he used it as a joke just to piss me off, but it's definitely a, a good win. Definitely makes up for um, the playoff. Although I prefer to win a playoff round over the in-season tournament, but I feel like this has definitely helped kind of relieve a little bit of that. The pain that we they, everyone's felt from that series. Uh, good game overall. Um, Draymond's flopping is ridiculous. and um, And as I always say, I hate the court, but what a game. Absolutely. Uh, so you didn't make a bet at all. No, no, no. Uh, he he joking and saying like, oh, like, hey, if, if the Kings win, uh, I'll give you this much. But if the Warriors win, you got to give me this much, whatever. And then he turns on turns around the game. Oh, they're up by 15. It is a whole joke and stuff. Well, I hope you collect. <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> uh, I, I knew I wasn't going to make the bet because I knew what the situation was at the time. Um, but. Yeah, I should have, but I made the joke that I was going to, and he's like, no, it's not happening. It was a joke in the end, but overall, yeah, good game. It was all fun. Yeah, 100%, Casey. Thanks for coming through. Keith, thank you for not dropping off and being patient. I appreciate it. 
What's up, man? I do believe it is that time once again for me to allocate my thoughts, my vision on this win. Let me break it down like only we can in sack down. Okay, first and foremost, Daily Sabonis, you said something at the beginning of this um, space that I must address. You said, don't scrub your timelines. You know who you are. And I did not scrub my timeline. Why? Because adversity builds character. Adversity builds strength. In our deepest, darkest moments, we must come together out of the tsunami for there is sunshine abroad. All right, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. We were screwed. I thought they were going to lose, okay? This team had no pulse. It had no life. It had no spirit. There was no juice, no panache. The beam team was nowhere to be found. I said, let's just be lucky to lose by less than 12 so we can get in to the illustrious, glorious, highly touted NBA in-season tourney quarterfinals. But then something happened in that third quarter, man. Something just took over with this team. The beam team showed up around 10.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The beam team showed up, and the Kings started kicking the Warriors' ass all over the floor. Now, I got to be honest. I did not like the free throws. The Kings missed, I believe, a total of 15 free throws. If my eyes do not dare deceive me, we're looking at this box score. It was bad. I said, guys, win or lose, we got to get back into the gym. We got to make some free throws. 300 free throws for everybody. No excuses. Even Jordy Fernandez got to shoot some. Okay, but I loved the tenacity. And I, I say this like 15 different times every year. I just said, man, this is the best win of the year. Why was it the best win of the year? It was against the Warriors. I don't want to hear the excuses. You got Jim Park in my mentions, a closet Kings fan, but I won't, uh, I won't uh, waste my air on Jim, okay? The fact of the matter is this. This team showed heart tonight. It showed guts. Now, Pollard's burner and I have a good relationship. I love Pollard's burner, the same way Murph loves Jason Ross, but I disagree. Malik Monk, there's nothing crazy about Malik Monk. He doesn't have bad shot selection. He doesn't have a sense of the unawareness to make the right basketball ball. You know what Malik Monk has? Malik Monk has something that a lot of people in the kingdom, a lot of people, Kings fans can agree with. For the first time in 15 years, I look at a guy like Mixtape Monk, and I say, that guy has one thing, balls. He's got balls, people. He's not afraid to go into the typhoon and say, I'm going to paddle out of this. Fox balls. Monk humongous balls. The man just threw it up, and somehow, someway it went in. I won't question God's plan. That's for never. He has balls, man. Just balls. And I love that about Malik. I love the fact that we can go to him and say, Malik, get us out of a jam. They had another 20-piece tonight with the biscuit. And the, and the fries and the combo, it was glorious. Um, I got to be honest, not a fan of the way Sabonis was playing, man. Got it. I don't know what it is. Got to get him more touches, whatever the case may be. But it didn't even matter. You know why? Because Sasha Vashenkov is in the building, people. Vashenkov came off the bench, and he was clamping old man Curry. He was clamping that man like you stole something. Cut back, go to jail, go to your room. 15 years of life. Curry didn't stand a chance against the Vashank block. He stood no chance, the old man did. And I love that about Vashankoff. At the beginning of the year, we said, if Vashankoff's going to get on the floor, you got to play defense. Mike Brown said, I'm not so sure he's going to play this year. We didn't believe him. But 
The man has earned his stripes, especially tonight. He earned his playing time. And Keon Ellis, you glorious bastard, keep playing hard, Keon Ellis. That is what I like to see. Keep that up. Now, listen, okay? We conquered a demon tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We conquered a demon in the dubs. We were down 24 at one point, and we showed heart and residual. Now, we get a home team, home game. The Pels are next, and Fat Boy Williamson, okay? We got to get our lick back against the Pels the same way we got our lick back against the dub tonight. Great win. You know how I end all my rants. Light the beam. Turn the fucking jets on. Mixtape Monk. Mixtape Monk. Thank you, Keith. Am I really fucking seeing, like, people say that the NBA is rigging games for the Sacramento Kings? Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, like Warriors fans are so fucking delusional. Like, did you guys not just win how many NBA championships? And now you're saying that the NBA is rigging games for the Sacramento Kings? Like, take the L and shut the fuck up, please. Like, I'm so over them. Like, you know, when we lose our games against the Warriors, we come in here, you know, we say our shit. Some people say out-of-pocket stuff. It is what it is. But, like, most of us know, you know, they got our ass. They beat us. It is what it is. Like, we we talk fucking level-headed and normal. But, like, as soon as they fucking lose, they go off of the deep end, and it's insane. Like, what? I'm, oh, God, I can't stand fucking people. Like, I can't. It's it's just mind-blowing that people are saying that the NBA is rigging games for the Sacramento Kings. Like, how can you even think that sounds, like, realistic? That's fucking That's a insane. joke. No, I wish, I wish the NBA was rigging games first. Are you kidding me? It wouldn't be so stressful being a Kings fan if we were getting getting games rigged in our favor. Come on now. Well, you got to remember when, when you just jump on the bandwagon in 2016 and all you know are championships, you don't know how to take losses. You know what I mean? They're, they're new fans. So, and some of them are old Kings fans. So, you know, you burned your Kings jersey, you buy that new Dubs jersey, and all you know is winning. Losses like these sting because they, A, they don't understand the game. B, yeah, that's all they know. And so they can't cope. And not that we could cope either when we lose, but still, uh, their levels, it, it's ridiculous. Well, it's like, t- it's like, but take the fucking L. Your team turned the ball over 20 fucking times. You didn't take the advantage of the Kings missing 15 fucking free throws. Like, I get it. You had two impactful players go down with injury. I 100% get that. But you still had a 24 fucking point lead on this. Exactly. Team. Like, Look in the fucking mirror with your players. Look in the mirror what's going on with your team. And again, shout out to Steve Kerr, the MVP of the game, for taking out Moses Moody, who was cooking us in the fourth quarter. Like, that was the dumbest fucking thing he could have done. So it's like, just take the L and move on. But to say that the the league is rigging games for us, that's like, it, that's fucking yeah. just embarrassing of, like, actual fucking fans of the game. If like, the they Kings- literally could not think that. And national yeah, media, Kings, like, tweeting that is, like, insane to me. If the Kings were up 24 points at one point and we lost the game, I would take that L and be embarrassed. What do you mean the NBA is bringing it against us after being 24 up? Uh-uh, you should be ashamed that you were down 20, like, that, like, uh, you guys were up at 24 points. 24 points at one point and then blew that lead. Like, come on, even if it wasn't the last second, like, you had... Many of chances to just win it and not like blow twenty four point lead. Like, come on, be for real. I don't understand. Yeah, it's just it's just trolls on here on Twitter. I don't get them at all. No, you already know. Torino, 
What's up? Yeah, man, that was uh that was a hell of a game, man. Um I think uh Keith and you know a few of our other uh lively fans, you know, definitely uh spoke towards for my excitement for this game. Um, you know, man, I just, you know, I have like an unbelievable unbelievable amount of faith in this team, you know, and, and obviously um a lot of people were very much so uh out on them early on, you know. And I guess, you know, given that it's the Warriors and how the playoffs went and just just the matchup in general, you know, people see us down to them and just kind of like, okay, well, this is going to be another L, whatever, whatever. But I just never look at it that way, man. Um, this team can beat literally anybody. And when I say anybody, I mean anybody. The juggernauts in the West, which we're a part of, and the juggernauts in the East, you know, which we, you know, showed uh, some some promise against last season but came up short this year. We can beat just about anybody. Uh, you know, and I mean, it just goes to show that uh, the things that they have uh, been telling us they need to work on, they have worked on it. Yeah, they have some slippage in, uh, here and there. You know, every team's going to have that. But, you know, the fact that they can, you know, get their bearings in place and, and make comebacks and, and make games interesting and so on and so forth is just, you know, a lot of teams in the NBA – aren't capable of doing that. You know, a lot of teams that have a lot of young, a lot of youth on their team, like we do. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I'm just proud of the team, man. You know, the the, the Warriors are definitely a uh, monkey on our back. We got them off for now. Um, and we just got to continue to keep beating them when it matters, you know, um, to, to really get over that hump. But, uh, and tonight was a good start with that. So, uh, yeah, man, um, like I said, man, um, I got some people might be calling me a prophet because, like I said, I remained very tamed even during that, uh, you know, during the down parts of the game. We we eventually came back and got the dub. But, uh, yeah, man, just great win. And, you know, won the group the right way. Like, obviously, even though it was down to five with the last two minutes and it was almost certain that we were going to win the group regardless, I would have, I, I rather would have won it the way that we did, which is getting the dub, you know. I mean, because at that point, if we had lost by under 11, that would have just been a consolation prize or, or a participation award. Like, hey, you know, thanks to those point differentials, you guys really, uh, you know, took advantage of them and it helped you out in the end. Nah, we didn't want to have to rely on them. We got it out. We got it out the mud the right way. And, you know, I'm looking forward to playing New Orleans because they whipped our ass first two times. And and that's okay because one thing that they've shown us is they can make those adjustments when they've lost to a team once or twice. They can make those adjustments. They now know going in what is it that we need to do to avoid those first two games. What was that a week or two ago against them? And and it'll be here, I believe, since we went undefeated. So um, yeah, that's a whole another ball game right there for us. So. Um, you know, um, shout out to the to the guys, man. Shout out to Sasha for being huge on both sides of the ball. Shout out to Trey for being huge on both sides of the ball. Shout out to Malik, obviously, for being the dog that he is. 
Uh, shout out to HB in the beginning because, again, he did keep us, you know, he kept it, you know, at least within striking distance with, you know, his early play. Now, towards the end, hey, he might have got, you know, he, he might have ran out of uh, energy or whatever the case may be. But, you know, shout out to him for providing that early spark and Kevin. And, you know, shout out to none other than our superstar for delivering the way that he's been doing. And, uh, you know, just keep, you got to keep uh, building on games like this. This is only the beginning, <clears throat> you know, so, um, yeah. 100% uh, right now. Yeah, man. So, uh, like I said earlier, Group C, you know, is ours. Um, you know, we got that, uh, we got that belt, hang that banner, and uh, let's keep it going. Let's go for the in season trophy. 100% man. And, and yeah, we have another litmus test, so to speak, to see where we're at. Uh, I really do want to see how we're going to do against uh, the Pels uh, at home. So I want to get over that hump as well. And we're going to find out. Manny, what's up, man? Hey, man. First, I got to say, I went in before I came over here. I had to go into the the Warriors spaces. And it was so hilarious. They were fighting amongst each other, throwing chairs at each other. One guy's talking about free throw discrepancy. The other one's arguing when they were already down. To, they were up 20. That's Oh, my God. It was hilarious. I typed in a couple of responses to them just to mess with them, and then I came over here. So that was that was amazing to watch them. It was like, it was like being at Thanksgiving at the most dysfunctional family house and just watching it all fall apart. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. N- nothing like a fan base just panicking in space. Um, I love but, it. Uh, <clears throat> talking about a, a game of like two different halves, like they looked so lifeless in the first half, didn't look like they wanted to be there. So bonus was, uh, he's still my biggest worry right now out of that whole game. And not to say, like, I, I know he'll play better, but it kept looking like he was playing exactly how his all the critics uh, make him out to be. And it was just frustrating for him to, to see that. It's like, dude, you're better than that. I know you're better than that. We all know you're better than that. Just play your game. And I felt like he was, out of all the players out there, he was the one that was the most, having the most mental issues out there out of everybody. Um, but then second half rolls around. And everyone, like, everyone played their part. Like, Herter had a good game. Obviously, Monk and Fox and uh, Barnes had some moments. Sasha coming in. Like, it was cool to see everyone have a hand somewhat in that second half of helping right the ship, get them back in it, and then close it out, right? And I'm going to tell you, I would have rather won this way, being down, everything stacked against you, and with the way the rivalry has been with, with the Warriors than to have blown them out from the start. I feel like this kind of win, that's the one that kind of helps you get over the hump. Even I know it's regular season, but even just eliminating them from this particular tournament, having that kind of comeback and all the issues with the free throws, like everything. And it's still the, it's the perseverance. And it, when you're having that many issues that you can stay in it, that's what builds the character. That's what builds the toughness. That's what helps you out down the line when it comes to the playoffs, games like this. And for it to be against them out of all teams, that's just cherry on top. 
it's just the beginning, right? This is just a stepping stone. We have bigger fish to fry in the long run, but it's nice to see that mentally you can tell this is a different team. Yeah, uh, they're definitely going to build on this for sure. And uh, I, I can't wait to see what team we get uh, as this in-season tournament moves on, uh, assuming they get past the Pills. I hope they do. But, Me too. Uh, and and Manny, thank you for reporting back uh, <laughs> from that ninth circle of hell that we call the dub spaces. Um, yeah, it never fails. Always entertaining. What's up, Jordan? I'll make it. I'll make it quick. Um, like you, like you said at the beginning of the pod, daily. Um, yeah, people need to calm the hell down when it comes to this team. I understand we were down twenty-four. Calm down. Also, I just want to say um, there is somebody in this space that really helped me kind of appreciate that because as the game got as the game got shorter and shorter and shorter, I was like, okay, we might not win this game. Because it seems like anytime we chip away at it, uh, the Warriors come back. So shout out to Jess in this uh, space because she was she tweeted me when I said, well, I'm having a great day today. And she goes, well, always have faith. And I said, you know what? You're right. So shout out Jess. And also, I think we should talk about Draymond Green and just how hilarious it is that the man not only flopped but got a technical and we can all admit when we saw Draymond on the floor laying on the floor it was so bittersweet I never want to see a player get hurt but for a split second I was like you deserve every bit of that even if you did get hit in the face I did see a tweet somebody said um while he was laying on the floor, somebody said, quick, stomp on him. <laughs> Which is the funniest thing in the world. But like I said, glad we got the win. Um, shout out to Malik Monk and shout out to everybody who tunes in. And uh, Kings fans are just the absolute best. I love every single one of you guys for real. So I'll, if anybody's going to the game tomorrow, I'll see you tomorrow. Um, I'm going to catch some of these, but um, thanks for always having me on daily. Yeah, we appreciate you, Jordan. Thank you for that. Wesley, thanks for your patience, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I just have a few things to kind of go over a little bit. First of all, that Kings win, great. However, I can definitely say I don't think I'll ever feel the same high as I will when I'm watching a Kings game. Um, Outside of that, I just kind of want to talk about uh, Sasha's performance today. I don't know if you knew, but he had the highest offensive and defensive and net rating on our entire team. He led in all three categories, which I found just actually really impressive. And I also think De'Aaron Fox continues to make a case for MVP. That's just my opinion, but yeah. Um, Another kind of funny thing real quick before I hop off. Uh, I was also in the Warrior space earlier, and I think this game genuinely started a civil war between their entire fan base. And it's absolutely hilarious. So if anyone's getting off, go look at that real quick because it's it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Well, I just wanted to highlight too real quick. Um, I follow quite a few because a lot of my Raider fan mutuals are like Warriors fans. And um, one of them tweeted, uh, you know, that they wish Curry got the same amount of foul calls as De'Aaron Fox does. 
Uh, yeah, tell me you don't watch Sacramento Kings games without telling me you don't watch Sacramento Kings games. De'Aaron Fox does not ever get the benefit of the fucking whistle. Tonight he was, because guess what? He was being aggressive and going to the fucking hoop. And guess what Steph Curry wasn't doing? He wasn't being aggressive and he wasn't going to the hoop. He was shooting and settling for threes. So that's the difference of the game. And people throwing a fit when they're like, oh, Steph Curry, he didn't hit anyone when he fucking kicked his leg up in the air. Like, that is an unnatural shooting motion. You don't fucking kick your leg straight up into the air and, like, trip someone and expect it not to be called a foul. So these people, just like, the shit that they say, like, again, take the L, realize that your team should have won this game because you were up 24 points and you fucking didn't. Just take the L and shut the fuck up. Brad, thanks for your patience. How you doing, guys? You good? You good? It's uh, 10 past 7. Over in the UK. Oh, you you have the best morning ever, Fred. Yeah, that's it. All I can say is, all I can say is, the first half was last season's Kings. The second half was this season's Kings. So there you go. So you know the Warriors are dead. Long live the Kings. And also, you have to look at you know the performances. I thought Sasha was absolutely fantastic when he came in. In the second half, Monk was sublime. Um, and they got it done, didn't they? They got it done. They, they brought it back. And, you know, there's a monkey off our back completely. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go places now this season. You know, that win will be an absolute confidence booster. And I think that will push us over the edge uh, for the remainder of the season. You know, I love it when teams find a way to win when their bread and butter isn't working. Seriously. But how good was, was Sasha, though? That was playoff Sasha. Oh, yeah. you, know, you know, Sasha's used to that from Europe. Oh, know? yeah. That yeah. game that game tonight was probably, you know, pro- probably gave him that, that. You know, he's so used to playing in those big games in Europe that, you know, like tonight in, in that game, it was a big game. And he probably started playing like a Sasha Bezenkov but we actually want to see. Yeah, he's hitting his threes now. and But he, even when he wasn't hitting his threes, he would always It was the defense as well, wasn't it? It was the defense yeah. as well. The defense as well, you know, he was there. And I also, you got to shout out Mike Brown as well, because like first half, we were getting absolutely battered on the rebound. Second half, he brought Trey Lyle, Sasha Vazenkov and Sabonis in together. And we actually started to control the boards. And I think that's probably, you know, that probably actually edged us the second half and probably got us a win and you know at the end of the day 100 percent. thank you fred thanks for coming through cheers man dz thanks for your patience man it's been so long since i've been in these spaces i just want to say light the beam sacramento i'm so grateful for all you guys like sacramento kings fans were the best i also came from that warrior space uh a lot of people from my group chat or well, not my group chat the group chat i'm in it's just like we all Came for those warrior spaces. I think we broke them. I mean, we were down by like 20 points and we came all the way back. Um, on top of that, I was listening to a lot. I've been listening to a lot of 1140 recently, um, especially leading up to the days of this game. I think like Kyle Draper said it best. It's like, this is a must win for the Kings. They're acting like it's not a rivalry, but I think the Warriors and Kings rivalry is huge. Um, also, shout out to Sasha Vizenkov. I mean, I didn't expect him to come in and do that great, but he stepped up when his number was called, and, you know, shout out to Mike Brown for believing in him. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, I think we really broke the Warriors' faces today. I think this was a must-win, especially 
you know, like we're a court, quote unquote, the Warriors little brother. Now we finally beat the big brother and stuff like that. And, you know, especially to Draymond, it was a great win for the Kings and it was a great day to be a Kings fan. So that's all I got to say, you know, shout out to all my Kings fans out there. You know, this is an amazing day. I love it, man. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, dude. Branzino, thanks for your patience, man. What's up? Hey, yo, not much. Hey, I don't want smoking on this warrior pack. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I only really got two things to say. Y'all know me. Fuck Draymond. And uh, I'm laughing at where y'all go back and tell the warrior's faces, man. We laughing at them over here. Ha, 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 ha. That's what y'all get because this was supposed to happen last season in the playoffs. But I don't know. Y'all ain't going to get to experience that tournament this year. So, ha, ha, ha. That's all I got to say. Bye. <laughs> well said, man. JP, you're up. Hey, what's up? What's up? Um, I mostly just have questions. I was in a bar tonight, so I couldn't hear everything on the broadcast. But um, one, like, do y'all think the point differential made a difference? Because you get down 21, 22, wherever we were, it felt kind of like the guys were like, all right, let's get it down to 10, let's get it to 11, whatever. And then once they did, like, let's go for the win. So, like, I don't know what y'all thought, like, or what they were saying on the broadcast. And then also just like, what was, what was the feeling? Cause you know, the national media always kind of, they hate on Sacramento a little bit. So what, what was the, what was the discussion? What were Kenny and Chuck saying at halftime? And then like, do y'all think the point differential thing made a big difference? So I'm a, I'm like a caller on KHTK. No, they kept mentioning, Oh, well, you know, the dubs have to win, uh, you know, by more than 13 points. And they show a clip of Steph saying, uh, it's just some strategic shit to the bench, to the role players. He was like, yeah, yeah, we'll just make this shot and then we'll just win by 20 easy. Like it was just a done deal. So was, there, there was a little hubris on his part. And uh, I, I did not want to go out like that. I don't, I did not want to lose by less than 12 points to move on into the tournament. I really didn't. I needed a win. Cause yeah. I just felt like you know, it just wouldn't feel right. Even if we were to get in the tournament by way yeah. of a uh, point differential, it's just such a candy-ass way to go. Um, and yeah. nobody would respect it anyways. So, yeah, for me, so that's what, what it was. The... I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, and then the broadcast was just totally sucking uh, the dubs throughout the whole broadcast. And somebody tell me, if you watch the whole broadcast, did they even show De'Aaron talking on the mic? Because they mentioned that De'Aaron was mic'd up as well, but all they showed to me the first time they mentioned it was Steph Curry talking on the mic. Yeah, they didn't show De'Aaron at all. I don't know if that was just because the Warriors were up the whole game, so that's why, but yeah, that was really weird. But um, yeah, it's hard to listen to like national broadcasts sometimes because, and again, like the Kings need to earn their respect. I I, like 100% agree on that. But when like you're doing like a national broadcast, like, you have to do your homework. You have to do your research. And that's why I do like, obviously like Mark Jones, you know, he, he calls a lot of games for Sacramento, but when he does like national broadcasts on ESPN for Sacramento, like he at least still does his homework, but he'll still talk about the other team too. So it's not like he's completely like Dick riding the Sacramento Kings. So it's just, sometimes I have to like mute the fucking TV because I can't stand like listening to some of these national fucking broadcasters. Well, you already know, like, uh, 
the narratives for the Kings. They don't know anything about us. So it's like, oh, when when Davion's in the game, oh, Davion Mitchell from Baylor, and that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all they know is just the basic shit. And it's kind of embarrassing. But whatever, I understand. We are not the media darlings uh, at all. Um, uh, can I can I pop in real quick before my turn's over? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, so just note, like I'm a, I live in San Diego, so I've been there's a couple Kings bars down here. We've been meeting up um, at the game tonight. Met a girl from Auburn. She's cool. Like we got a couple spots out here where we're really representing. But um, if you're ever in San Diego, we got a couple bars. But I want to know because I don't fully understand the in season tournament yet. What's up next? Like I know we host a game, so do we know who we're playing? What's yeah, we play the Pelicans on Monday. Pelicans, okay. Yeah, we play them Monday on. We'll play on TNT again on Monday. Okay, okay. But it's and not then, in um, Vegas. No, it's in Sacramento. No, in so. Sacramento, and then if we win, we go into Vegas. Yeah, and this was a knockout round, and then so the Phoenix and Los Angeles play, um, I believe, Tuesday, and then we play Monday, and then whoever wins those games, then they'll go to those two teams will go to Vegas for the like semifinals. And then whoever wins that game in Vegas goes to the championship. So it sounds to me like we, we beat, we get our revenge against the Pelicans and then we win the, the Maloof cup against the Lakers. The Maloof cup. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Right, yeah. We'll I'm see. Gonna stop hogging the mic. Y'all, y'all have fun. I'm, a, I'm listening now. No, you're all good. Thank you so much. And JP, hopefully you get some uh, tacos El Gordo for me. Oh, okay. You're a local. No, I, I just know San Diego. I used to live in Long Beach, okay. so you already know. Okay, I got you. Yep. I know the joints. All right. Season, thanks for coming back. What's up? Uh, thank you for having me, man. I don't have a lot to say. Um, I've been waiting probably a cool, probably like a little over an hour to do this, man. I'm in my backyard. It's a good night. The weather's good. I got a 3.5 in the WOOD. Um, I wanted to do this in the Warriors space, but they rage quit. They couldn't, so I'm gonna do this right now. Um, <laughs> we smoking on that Warriors pack tonight, man. It's that's that's all I gotta say, bro. We smoking on the Warriors pack. I live with two Warriors fans. I needed this W tonight. I feel real good. Um, we here. We're going to go to the playoffs. Hopefully, we make the Western Conference Championships. That's all I got to say, man. Thank you for having me. Man, I got goosebumps, man. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Um, everybody have a good rest of your night. Everybody have a good night's sleep. We needed this as a team. Um, I don't know, man. That's all I got to say. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Slim, I love this space. I love it. <clears throat> Slim, what's right, up? So I'm in this fantasy football chat with a few Kings fans, and then we got this Lakers fan. So naturally, we were going hard on the Lakers fan before the game started, because even though we're playing the Warriors, that hatred runs deep. Um, anyways, while the, while the game was going on, once it got to like a 20-point lead for the Warriors or whatever, the Lakers fans started popping off, and I just got so mad. By halftime, I just turned my TV off and took a nap. But then um, like by the third quarter, I like turned the TV back on, and things started to get a lot closer. Yeah. And then when the game finally ended and we won, we got back in there and we were just roasting him. And we were like, dude, the Kings run California. We've owned the Lakers for like five years. He's like, the Kings don't own nothing. He was so salty. It was the funniest shit, dude. I love it, man. 
I love it. Well, hopefully he has a box of tissue so we could wipe away his tears. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you for that. Sean May, what's up? Yo, what's good, Keens fan? That was a big dub, man. That was a roller coaster of a game. It started with me about to turn off my TV, but I'm a hardcore fan. I watch every second. But the only thing I really got to say is, like, why don't we play with that energy that we played with in the, the fourth quarter all game? I, I don't understand why we're just allowing teams to just dominate us off these dribble handoffs and screens. Um, I don't know. Maybe – uh, Jordy had some different, you know, uh, assignments and, you know, switch it up adjustments in the fourth, but man, we got to play with that energy, you know, I mean, Fox, the only thing that they did say, and they actually interviewed Fox at the end of the game and Fox was like, you know, no one's going to be taking us lightly anymore. Like we're going to get the best game of every team. It's like, I just don't understand what we were doing. I'm sure like a lot of Keenan fans are just like, what are we doing? And then for some reason, Wiggins is like Michael Jordan against us every game. So that was really uh, frustrating and annoying to watch. But overall, I just think that it just comes down to, like, heart. Like, I don't know how many times. Like, when Curry went down the lane, I think it was in the second quarter and did that and one. I know you can't do this as much in the NBA, but, like, I wanted someone to just hit him in the face. It's like, hard foul. Maybe even get ejected. But, like, someone needs to be the enforcer moving forward because we're just too soft and we just allow teams to get on these runs. And then we try to, like, like turn we, – we're not a good enough team to hit the light switch. We won the game, but, like, we, where's that energy, you know? We need to bring that energy from, you know, tip-off. Yeah, you know so. what? Those games that we had, like, uh, against Minnesota, those are rare. And I wish we had those games more often. I do love that we can have those games. It's just, for whatever reason, you know, our guys that are, like, stone-cold killers, it's literally, like, Monk. Fox, mm-hmm. I would even say uh, Keon or Keegan, but even Keegan mm-hmm. has his lapses. And I, yeah, I, I'm just waiting for somebody to step up and help out. And uh, nine and that, times out of ten, it's Domas. But again, Looney is his kryptonite for whatever. Yeah, reason. I don't know, man. Do, Domas looked real scared, and he still he, he made good passes, made some good screens. But what he's trying to do is he's even thinking about something that's automatic for him, the dribble handoff. He was even like hesitant to do the, the right dribble handoff, you know, cause he's got different variations of it. And uh, he just was, he, I don't know. There's something he just wasn't playing well. Yeah. But the, good the, call I think that. the big thing. Moving, Go ahead. It just seemed like he was like, even when the jumper, you know, like I, I play basketball, like when that jumper's there, like he's, he's an NBA player like that. That should just be automatic. Like you shouldn't even think about it, but he's thinking about everything. Like, is this the right play? And you can see it in the game, you know? Yeah. Especially. No, I was just going to say in the Minnesota game, there was automaticity as far as his moveset, right? He gained about like five or six moves in his arsenal. He has that Dirk step back now. He has a turnaround. Mm -hmm. He has a a little hook and then he has a little right hand now. And it's like, he forgot all of that being guarded by Looney. And then to Looney's credit, Looney's a freaking wall. So Domas yeah. can go to his shoulder bump in, in little lefty uh, lane. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I think it's psychological. It's, oh, That's oh, the thing though. Like, psycholo- go ahead. Sorry. I mean, Kevon Looney, like, you know, again, credit to him. Like he, he plays great defense. Like he can rebound very well, but it's like Sabonis can go after these guys like, and Anthony Davis. I mean, look what he did against Anthony Davis in LA. And then look yep. what he did against, like, you know, Rudy Gobert and things like that. Like, those are two of the top, like, big defensive guys in the league. And, yeah. like, it seems for some reason, and again, credit to Looney, I get it. But, like, for some reason, whenever he plays Kevon Looney, 
Like he just seems like he doesn't want to attack the rim. And I'm like, I don't know if it's like a mental thing or like what it is again. Like Kevon Looney does play great defense against him. I give him that, but well, it's just like faster than him. Exactly. Know? Like I, he has yeah. the moves to like get around him and do what he needs to do. And he mm-hmm. like Kevon Looney gives him the space to shoot that mid range. So it's like, take a few of them. You know, if you, if you miss him, then it is what it is run, you know, just keep doing your thing. But like, he just seems like he's kind of hesitant and he's like, I don't want to say scared because I know he's not scared, but it just seems like weird that he's not like willing to kind of attack him. Like he's attacking some of these other bigs in the league. Yeah. I mean, that should just be automatic. If someone gives him 12 feet, I, he's an NBA player. I guarantee you right now, he can go in the gym even after playing all these games and hit 50 in a row. Right. Uh, the only, I have two points and then I'm gonna get off to another people. The thing I think about Sabonis, they let they the rest let the the Warriors just rough him up, and then he gets nothing. And I think that gets in his head because like Looney could put that big frame and just bump him, and then when he tries to do like a spin move or something, he's got the guard slapping at his hands and stuff. So I think that plays into it. But hey, we got the dub. And then the last thing I just want to say is like, I love Mike Brown. I think he's great for us, but I'm getting like we need to have consistency. Like, like I know. Keon, when we won that six-game win streak, was doing what he's been, and he was coming in. We haven't had like consistency. I know we've had injuries, but like we we can't be playing twelve deep against a good team. Like we got away with it, but like I don't know what Brown's doing. I know he's trying to find stuff, but you got to play your guys, and your guys got to produce, and you got to live or die with that. You can you you can tinker with a little bit, but like playing twelve guys is crazy. Like. Sasha played really well. Like moving forwards, Sasha and Trey Lyles should be the four. I don't want to see Javel McGee for a while. That guy like really pissed me off. But like, you know, we just there has to be consistency moving forward as as the Kings, you know, try to make this run in this thing. Like you can't be playing twelve people against better teams. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's really contingent upon matchups. I mean, sometimes JaVale McGee just looks like Matumbo out there sometimes, and then today he didn't. Uh, it's unfortunate. Um, and then all the injuries, you know what I mean? Uh, Trey Lyles uh, wasn't able to play until now. Um, and then Keegan's out. And then Len, I think Len kind of really messed with the rotation because I think we were actually had a, a solid rotation earlier uh, prior yeah. to Len's injury. So, yeah, it's tough, man. But uh, today, I will say, the 12-man deep thing worked only because he needed to find that magic combination to get things going. Yeah, yeah, I feel it. But anyways, uh, big, big win. I'm, You know, uh, exhilarating win, honestly. It was one of the best wins we've had this season and for a while. So uh, I'll just uh, listen into what everybody else has to say and uh, have a good night. Thanks. Sean, we appreciate you, man. Light the beam. Thanks for coming through. Yeah, for sure. Light the beam. Nolan, what's up? Thanks for waiting. Appreciate you. Yo, how you doing? We're doing great. Big win. Uh, but with going forward, I, I've loved Harrison Barnes. I've always loved Harrison Barnes. Do you think if we do anything the trade deadline and go for an OG or someone is is Barnes the first one we're thinking about moving or that's you know what that's the consensus of most Kings fans and in all the the beam trade machiners. Um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, Barnes has the shortest leash on the team. Uh, even though he does so much for us and, and gets to the line for us, uh, not necessarily tonight, but yeah, he's really underappreciated. And uh, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, he's the vet on the team. He's the most experienced guy. But uh, with him, I, I love Keegan, the starter. 
uh, Sabonis. But if you want to pick up two weak spots to start, it's sometimes Kevin Herter. If he's hot, if he's cold, it's kind of hit or miss some nights. You saw the beginning of the season, he struggled here and there. But after that, it's do we need to solidify that at the trade deadline and go for something or just rock with what we have right now? You know, what's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you saw this interview with Mike Brown. It was a, it was a practice interview. One of those media scrums where he has, uh, you know, all the reporters around him and they were kind of talking about like a three-year plan. So he kind of mm-hmm. said specifically, yo, we're going to see what we have this year. We're going to see what happens in the playoffs. And then we're going to start tweaking. And it, which is, I think, is fair. You got to see who steps up and who improves their game to be a playoff performer for this team. And and yeah. Yeah, and I know I'm impatient, dude. Uh, like nine times out of ten, I'm totally zen about this, and I want the Kings to do well. And and I, I kind of have like a five year uh, scope of this, so to speak, because I look at all the great teams that have won chips. It took about five years to build. We yeah. all remember those Milwaukee Bucks teams that that lost the Heat in the first round. Um, they would bow out of the playoffs um, and then they got Drew Holiday and, and then things started cooking for them and it takes that long. And then look at the Nuggets. Um, they've gotten their ass beat in the playoffs, especially the bubble. And then they retooled um, and they got better. So I think if you look at it that way, it's like, okay, then I, I give us like a five to seven year window. Um, mm-hmm. But man, just that taste of that first round last year. I'm so impatient, dude. Like, yeah. I wanted well, to. I, I've me and my I have friends who are I'm in SoCal, so I have a lot of Laker friends. Uh, and then after we signed Harrison Barnes, they're giving me a hard time saying, "Oh, that's a bad contract. Oh, it's oh you overpaid." I was like, "If he makes that three game seven, that's a great contract. We're one three away from that being a a great contract in most people's eyes." But you know what's funny is is everybody who hates on Barnes, they could never give me a name that's better than him at that value. They can't. Yeah. You could say Kuz, but guess what Kuz makes? You know, he's asking for the bag. He got, what, 30 or 40 or whatever? It's like, yeah. or 25, I think. But still, it's like you're not going to find somebody at that price point that gives you the same type of value. The, and all value, the, yeah, the value is insane for what he brings to the table. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see how the rest of the season plays out for us. And I, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's been a while. I've been watching. I was telling somebody, he's like, as a bandwagon fan, it's like I've watched 20 minutes a night of Willie Cauley Stein. I'm, I've been here. All right, I know this team, dude. Yeah, uh, tell me about it, man. Yeah, I, I really feel happy for all the old school fans, uh, all us yeah. olds uh, that were there during the rough years. Um, yeah, man, it, it's crazy. Nolan, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming. Come back anytime. Appreciate the time. Can, can I ask a question real quick? Go for it. So you said like five year plan path i'm curious um like where does that start to you like does that five years start like with the halliburton trade or yeah like last year like what does that mean to you to me it it means uh a little bit halfway before last year once once domas came and the core came together uh it starts there and then you know the tweaks start happening right then we get keegan then we get herder then we get malik um yeah, so I, I think uh, that's fair. What do you think? And then, I don't know. Like, that was just an interesting thought. Like, I want to know what you think because, like, that's probably – you're probably right about right because, um, like, when I think, like, Jamal Murray, when he starts showing that he can be a star, that's, like, 2018, 2019. So you're on the right track. 
what do you think are the steps that need to be taken? Oh, it, it might just be one guy. It might just be that one piece that ever that mythical one piece that everybody talks about, whether it's yeah. OG or Pascal. It might be somebody else. Hell, do you think? Might, he, do ahead. you think Keegan could be the one step? Man, he's looking like it, but I need consistency. He's showing yeah. flashes right now. It's kind of—I don't know if you're a part of draft Twitter, but if you look at rookies and you start seeing potential, you see flashes, but then they aren't yeah. who they are until three or four years from now. Scotty yeah. Barnes yeah. isn't Scotty Barnes until maybe next season. He's a badass yeah. now, but when you look at him in his rookie year, he just showed flashes. Same thing with yeah. Cade Cunningham. Um, you know what I mean? And then Shengun. Yeah, definitely. It's like Shengun. Rookie year, eh, you know, he's all right. Oh, baby Jokic, not really. People started shitting on him. Look at him now. I, so, I never would have thought Fox would be the player he is now based on his rookie year. I'm not going to say I called it, but but since he killed my Bruins, I, I, I was kind of pleased. It was bittersweet for me when he came to the Kings. It was like, oh, okay. shit. Yeah. The guy that lit the Bruins up. And uh, yeah, so it's rough, man. No. JP, okay. thank you. Yeah. Um, Nolan, thank you so much. Ben, what's up? Hey, Daly. Um, yeah, it was just interesting um, hearing you guys talk about like the, the five-year plan. Um, OJ Ananobi gets thrown out quite a lot, but I mean, you talked about the Nuggets as well, and, and, and you sort of see that t- when you, the teams start building, they get, they get top-heavy very quickly. And... Um, I don't know. I, I love this team with like, you know, you got your Malik Monk, your Trey Lyles, your Kevin Herders and, you know, all these sort of, you know, quality players, but they're not, they're not max guys, but they're not, you know, they're not very cheap as well. And I, I think there's something a lot of people got to keep in mind that as soon as you get that, that fourth guy, you know, well say, say it's the third guy and Keegan's our fourth guy, you know, it, it, it's quite hard to retain, all the pieces underneath. So if, if you're, you know, if you're doing that OG trade, you know, you, you, Keegan Murray's contract rolls around pretty quickly, comes off his rookie contract, and, and those other guys are sort of hard to keep around. So um, I don't know. It's 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 easy to sit here and say, yep, OG Ananobi, that, that's that's the fourth piece, you know, that's that's what we're going to go for going forward. But OG Ananobi is going to cost a lot of money. So, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just waffling on a little bit, but I, I, I kind of just, uh, I'm always out there throwing out the, the trade machine, as, as you all, as all know. But um, it, it, something you're definitely got to take into account. You know, having that luxury of a, of a Malik Monk coming off your bench, making ten mil, it, it kind of doesn't really happen once you get that you know, that fourth piece. So it's definitely worth worth taking into account. Like do do we go for that that surefire fourth piece like an OG Ananobi or, you know, a Mikhail Bridges, a Jeremy Grant or someone like that? Or, you know, do you try to find that that piece that fits nice, that that cheaper, younger guy that you can develop? I don't know, but I'm interested to see what um Monty McNair is going to do for sure. Yeah, I mean, if if we get a core five, right, we're still going to have Keon on a really good contract and a few other role players. And that's what the game is all about, right? You have your four core guys that you pay uh, a whole bunch of money to, and then you have your role players that that are on small two-year, one-year contracts. And uh, But we have to develop 
our players as well. And and so it's kind of like Denver where they lose Bruce Brown, but then, you know, they have Peyton Watson and uh, Christian Braun stepping up into that role and, and Nanaji, you know, and all these little role players that they developed over time. So hopefully our development is good. And, and you know, I'm really happy with Colby. Y'all know that. I love Keon. I think those are great players. And, and that's the future of the NBA really is, is three and D guys, six, five that can cover everybody. Uh, I, I love it. So I think we're in a good spot as far as the future goes. Um, thank you, Ben. Yep. No worries. Al and Cal. What's going on? Okay. Yeah. Uh, great game. Uh, great comeback. And it was cool to see Sasha get some, uh, big minutes in uh in a big game and you know i i personally i hate someone brought up his uh plus minus i i personally i hate box plus minus i think it's like a really stupid stat it's kind of a team stat um so it's not really an individual stat on a small um like like just based on one game like if you're going off the whole season that's fine but anyway um cool uh great game and uh it's really cool to see that we got like different players coming in playing big minutes i mean sasha was getting dmps and then he played in this game uh trey just came back from injuries and uh keon came back uh keegan is out and and we got other players stepping up it just shows the depth in our team uh, obviously, it feels really good to beat the Warriors. Like, if they had beat us tonight, then they would have had bragging rights on us for the whole season, and that would have sucked. Um, and uh, I'm a little nervous about playing the Pelicans again, but uh, I think that, you know, Mike Brown's a great coach, and and he's going to uh, figure out something from the last two games that we lost to them, and, and hopefully uh, – have a better game plan for Monday. So, um, anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, great game. And, uh, yeah, um, light the beam. Light the beam. 100% Al. Thanks for coming through. Bleacher, thanks for your patience. What's up? All right. Congrats to y'all for winning that game, but there was nothing great about it. It was vile, disgusting, and nasty. Uh, and we can think about it on uh, multiple levels. And so y'all talked about being old uh, and enduring through Willie Colley Stein. Uh, I'm old enough to have endured when the King swindled Nelly uh, out of Mitch Richmond for uh, Billy Owens and just broke up Brun TMC. More nasty work. Uh, And so... I was, you know, I tuned into some Kings pre-talk about this game. And uh, Chris Haynes and his little crew and them dudes were like, hey, this is a statement game for the Kings and their fans. The war, we need to beat the Warriors, blah, blah, Like, just really, I'm like, it's November. There's no statement games in November. But it got me hyped to to think about how much Kings fan base wanted to beat the Warriors. Because, look. The Warriors had, beat, had beaten the Kings 11 out of their last 12 meetings. We were sunning y'all. Sunning y'all, right? And you don't, when you're sunning some other team and fan base, you don't want them to let your foot up off their neck because then they start thinking that they can win. And we'd seen 
the Warriors come up there and Steph score 50 and 40 and Draymond stomp on people's chest. Hey, 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 we don't have to remind us of that. Come on now. Well, we understand. Okay, but so, but I'm, but I'm setting, uh, but the little brother won tonight. The former, perhaps the former little brother won tonight. And so, is this an inflection moment between the two franchises? Or is this a temporary blip? We will have to see. I hope we it's will have to the see. former. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, yeah. again, to me, and then I know Kings fans are going to cancel me. This ain't the playoffs. So until playoffs. we get further in the playoffs, I will not rest. And, uh, you know, it's well, still not a rivalry to me. It's not a rivalry. That's interesting because it's you not know? a rivalry. It's not a rivalry to me when they play down here. But it certainly feels like a rivalry when they play up there. Yeah, and fan base is crazy. Well, it stings, man. That we have that game seven trauma, dude. That game seven trauma <laughs> is almost yeah, yeah, yeah. equates to 2002 Laker trauma. It equates to uh, was, 16 years yeah. no playoff trauma. Yeah, it, it's rough, been, man. Yeah, dude, I've endured all that stuff. I'm a Warrior fan. Oh, I know. You <laughs> see, here's the thing, <laughs> right? and, and I appreciate you coming through because the Warriors fans that I get down with are the ones that were pre 2015, uh, you know, early times. Right. And it, it's like, you guys already know, and, and you're cool about everything. It's just the new warriors fans that come ignorant and, and yeah. yeah, it's wild, but, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. We'll see. I've done, I've, 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 I've done my suffering. And as I was reminding some Laker fans tonight, the Kings are the only team that lost because the referee got convicted for fixing games. And I was watching that game rooting for the Kings. So, so I want to, I want to salute just to Mike Brown. So I've heard a lot of talk. I've heard everybody talk about Mike Brown. The Warriors played superb in the first first half. They outplayed the Kings with their hustle, their intensity, with their defensive connectedness, and they made a lot of shots. Whatever happened at halftime, the Kings came out, and so I bet the third quarter that the Warriors would win because the Warriors win third quarters. It's what they do. The Kings came out and won that third quarter and played so much better than they had in the first half. And so, you know, the players play, I believe, I believe in the players much more than the coaches. But whatever happened at halftime, they got refocused and came out and played a game. This is exactly how I've watched the Warriors play for so many years, be behind in the first half, come out and win the third quarter and then set themselves up um, to finish. So I'll, I'll, I'll land on on this. Malik Monk made a crazy shot he should have never made. That's a ridiculous throw-in. But Bleacher, he but, does make those, though. I'm just going to say that. If you watch the Kings, he, make those? he does make those all the time. The harder the shot, he makes. Oh, it's stupid. So that was – Wiggins <laughs> couldn't have guarded him any better. And so Warriors fans are saying, why didn't Moses Moody get as much tick as Sasha? Because Moses Moody played 13, just a little over 13 minutes. Sasha played over 15 and a half. Those two and a half minutes may have been the difference because Moody was four for four. And the difference was Sasha had enough time to start missing shots. Moody got pulled for Wiggins and Wiggins came in the game when he was great in the first half, but not in the second. When does a declining aging team, when do guys like Moody, Moody begin to get as many minutes as uh, Sasha does on a young and upcoming team. We'll see what happens. It's going to be fun. We'll see y'all again soon. Just remember this. Let's get wet.
Bleacher, thanks, man. Thanks what for coming through. Fuck? That is hilarious. All right, Marcus, what's up? Um, just a couple points um, that I'm going to start with. First one is going to be shout out to freaking Sasha. Shout out to Malik Monk and shout out to De'Aaron. Going the last 1529, I believe, without being pulled out straight. Um, Sasha was pulled, I believe, the last second free throw uh, to end the third. But to be able to go 15 and a half strong without no breaks um, was huge for us. Which leads into my second point. Shout out to Mike Brown. Mike Brown. Um, for out coaching Steve Kerr today. Um, as you can see in that first half, JaVale was god awful and um, made an adjustment at half, rode with Sasha, rode with Trey Lyles. And that is a difference in the game like today. Whereas Steve Kerr, Rode with Moses for a little bit. He got hot. Took him straight out for whatever god-awful reason. And that changed the game. Part one. The second thing that changed the game was Draymond being Draymond. As you could see, that crowd was ready for something to erupt in any little thing he did tonight. And once that happened, you could feel and see the energy watching it on TV. The momentum shift. So um, that's about pretty much what I got. Thank you. And let's get ready to go for another one tomorrow because I'm sure the Clippers are going to be ready to go coming off a horrific loss last night to Denver. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be tough considering Clippers are old as hell and, and they get gassed uh, in the fourth compared to us who came off an emotional game. And so, yeah, we'll see who has more energy tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think it's even Steven, honestly, considering the personnel. If that makes sense, Beamtown, what's up? Hey guys, uh, great win! I gotta say, um, that's uh, I went to some games last, <clears throat> excuse me, last year, and some of the combined years. But man, I gotta say, out of all the years, that was the greatest Kings game I've ever been to. I uh, I went with my brother. It was kind of a late birthday present, but like we're kind of we kind of thought the Kings. It was just throughout the game. We thought it was going to be really bad. It's going to be a blowout, but we wanted to stay the whole time. And there's this Warriors fan behind us talking trash the entire game, and it was so annoying. And then once we waited for the second half, the Kings started coming back, and that guy left. And basically, towards the end, like it was, it was just crazy, man. It was one. Of, it was like the best game I've ever been to, and uh, it it was just such a good win. And yeah, really glad it happened. Can you describe some Warrior fans' faces when when the lead was chipping away? <laughs> uh, basically, some people ended up leaving, and the guy behind us ended up leaving. He was super annoying. It was just it was terrible. So much profanity by that guy. But I didn't see their faces during the game. But after we ended up, like after everybody walked out, I noticed like all of them had their heads down. Their faces were down. They were disappointed because they realized they blew a 24-point lead. And it was it was just great. It was fantastic. Music to my ears. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Beamtown, you saw a classic. And and that's oh. going to be like a memory you're going to have for the rest of your life. Seriously. Oh, yeah. I'm glad Got the rally towel, too. I'm going to keep it forever. <laughs> oh, that thing is so dope. I, oh, man. Lucky you guys. 
Uh, thank you, Town. We appreciate you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. We're in here for about an hour and 50 minutes. Um, Liz, any other last words? Uh, no, I'm so tired. I'm like barely staying awake right now, but it was, a, it was way past my bedtime. Uh, but it was a great win. Um, you know, terrible first half, but we responded in the second half. So shout out to the team. Uh, yeah, Malik Monk. I fucking love that man. I will die for that man. Um, I can't wait to get Keegan back, though. Uh, this team clearly needs him back in the starting lineup. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, we're on a back-to-back, so hopefully tomorrow we can at least make the game competitive. It'll be nice to sneak away with the win, um, but I'm not expecting it, especially coming off a game like this. Uh, but yeah, light the beam. Torino, what's up? If I'm going to be the one to close this out, I feel like this is the appropriate way. Um, although this is more of a, a pre-game thing, but shit, and no better time than the present. Luckily, we weren't in Group B because then the B would stand for Beam. Uh, that was corny. My bad, y'all. Like the Beam. <laughs> you got to Beam leave, Torino. And uh, yeah, man, um, what a great night. And, and a, a lesson to some people, and I know I sound like a dick, right now but come on man 20 points is nothing in this day and age in this spaced out era where everyone's shooting threes it really is nothing so unless we're getting our asses handed to us in the first quarter in the first half like the rockets did yeah i could see it because you could tell they were deflated this was a little different and i don't know man they kept chipping away and fox kept attacking and, and i'm so glad they pulled it out another test the Pels, I don't want to look ahead of the uh, Clippers also. Again, I, I do think their collective age is in our favor, so we'll see uh, what happens. Plus, they're still kind of – I don't know if they found themselves yet or not. There's just a big question mark. So I think that game is not a scheduled loss by any means. Uh, you know, it's doable. Uh, if they play our game and we hit our shots, like any team, uh, we'll win. That's all I got to say. And, and I, I really do want to head out to Vegas. But that Pels team, it, it's going to be tough. So we'll see what happens. I appreciate everyone coming through, especially uh, I'm pretty sure Deuce and Moore are already starting. And you guys are still here. Um, you guys are the best. Shout out to Naima and Liz, my co-pilots, for always coming through. And, and Liz probably wants to go to bed, as do I. And I need to take my dog out. She's hot box in the room. It's disgusting. Um, you guys are the best. We're out of here. Light the beam. This is one for the ages. It's amazing. Light the beam. Let's go, yo. All right. Good night.